Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I hope all of you had a good Thanksgiving. Just talking with Sean Merriman off air about uh, his Thanksgiving. He was on uh, the East Coast. Appreciate him joining us here to break down everything that happened in the world of the uh, NFL. Sean, how was the Thanksgiving, my man? You have a good time? Yeah, it was good, man. Uh, you know, anytime I can get back home to Maryland and uh, see the family, get a free meal at my Thanksgiving, at my, my uh, grandmother's house, I'm happy about that. So it was good. Uh, what's your favorite thing about it? Like, did you grow up playing Thanksgiving uh, football, like, you know, out with the friends, family, everything else? Uh, and did you play at all this year? Or at what age were you, like, officially not involved in, like, a family football game? You know what? Uh, so I got drafted. When I got drafted by the Chargers in 2005, I, you know, moved out there. So I was West Coasting it for a while. So the yep. only time that I would get a chance to uh, go back home was during the bye week or we were allowed to have three or four days off. But otherwise, man, you, you know, yeah. going over LC, go, going over Danny's house and stealing the plate here or, or Lorenzo <laughs> Neal's house and let their families cook and just go by for the, uh, for the sweep off. You know, uh, Lorenzo Neal, who's a super good guy. So I live in Nashville and uh, he played for the Tennessee Titans for several years. He's a part of the Music City Miracle. You know, he caught the ball and then handed it to Frank Wycheck to throw back. We did a Music City Miracle reunion with Lorenzo Neal, Frank Wycheck, uh, Kevin Dyson, all those dudes, super good guys. And as a part of that, we did an interview with Lorenzo Neal and he put me in a sleeper hold. And I, I legitimately think Lorenzo Neal could have killed me in like 15 <laughs> seconds. Is he one of the toughest dudes? Like, if you had to just pick somebody pound for pound, it's tough to top Lorenzo Neal, isn't it? It's no one tougher than uh, than Low Neal. Uh, just one of the one of the quickest stories I can tell you is I came in camp late uh, as a rookie. I held out because of contract issues. My yep. first day of being issued pads was uh, a fan night practice. All the fans were there, about thirty five hundred to four thousand fans on the sideline of practice. I get a chance to go against Low Neal one on one. Uh, back against linebackers, I blow him up, right? I, I mean, I'm hyped up, and everybody uh, is screaming, and the rookie's coming in. Our top draft pick just made a big play, and I think I committed one of the biggest mistakes down to my, <laughs> in my life uh, because that very next play, Lorenzo Neal had moved the running back over that I was supposed to go against, and he went back up with me again, and I've never been hit so hard in my face. Uh, in my life, where my blood would rush to my fingertips and face, and I didn't know what in the hell that was. We created what we called the brother-in-law in practice. We could never hit each other like that again because Low Neal was just a different animal. I don't, I've never played against anybody like him, especially at that fullback position. What For people out there who are listening to us right now, what does it feel like to have a legitimate, you know, just man-to-man hit in the NFL, because a lot of people can see it on television. They might even be able to hear it. I, I think even if you sit in the crowd, unless you're right down on top of the field, it's hard to really even understand the, 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 the speed and intensity. Certainly, television doesn't do it justice. But how would you describe what that feels like, you know, for everybody out there who will never actually experience a legitimate full-on NFL hit? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is, uh, Clay, you hear the, the helmets cracking on, on the field, yep. right? I mean, that's one of the things you hear. But what you don't hear and understand is the ones that are the deep thumping sounds are the ones that hurt the most, not the loudest. The loudest when you hit guys with your helmet and your helmet on helmet or helmet on shoulder pad, and you hear that. 
The thumping ones are body to body, and that's the ones where you can really knock a guy out, right? So, uh, and when you hear those deep thumping sounds, it normally comes with a fullback to a linebacker position or a guy crossing the middle and he's going to break the play up at a high speed uh, position, man, and, and have that adrenaline rush. You don't feel it right there on the spot. But, man, when you walk away, it's like, okay, in my days, do I got a concussion? Do I have whatever? And so you know, man, it's – and then you get guys that are like Lorenzo Neal. I tell you, I've been against um, a lot of fullbacks in my damn my life, and I've never still to this day seen anybody like Lorenzo Neal. He's up for the Hall of Fame, I think, still at some point. man. I believe he should get in. Just based on, I mean, because I hear that from so many people who played with or against him is just what a freak of nature he was in terms of his ability to both take – and deliver big hits and pop right back up and just be, I mean, a different kind of dude? Well, he was, he was my workout partner. He was my workout partner as a rookie. When I came in, I believe he was in his 12th or 13th uh, year, and I would lift with him four days a week after practice as our second workout, and I couldn't keep up with him. So that should tell you uh, what level Lorenzo Neal was on. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking with Sean Merriman. Go listen to the Lights Out podcast, which is a part of the iHeart Podcast Network. All right, there are a bunch of different games I want to get into uh, with you, but I think probably there were several super significant ones, but the one that got the most attention, Chiefs uh, get up 17-0, nobody can cover Tyreek Hill, go on to hang on for the win 27-24. If I told you right now, Chiefs or the field to win the Super Bowl, do you think the Chiefs are good enough that you would take them over the rest of the NFL combined? Well, uh, so I'll put it this way. I I do believe that the Steelers are the best team in football right now uh, because they're the most balanced team, right? Uh, Now, the scariest team would be the Kansas City Chiefs because of what they have, the weapons that they have. I mean, Tyree Hill, we, we've, you know, we've seen some, some fast wide receivers. We've seen some guys. We, we've never seen anybody who has a gear like this and actually is a complete receiver where they can run routes. Um, you know, you, it's, you pick your poison with him, right, because it had, he had one play where he ran a quick out and up. Now, normally when you went running out and up, you, get, you take two steps, right? So he's just putting his foot in the ground and he's going. He's basically telling, telling the cornerback, that I'm faster than you, you know what I'm doing, I'm faster than you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So when you have guys like that, it's scarier because they're explosive. I do still believe that you know if you're talking about going all the way to the Super Bowl and the most complete team, then the, the, the team you're going to have the most problem with, I still would say the Steelers because they're so balanced. You don't know in which phase of the game they're going to beat you in. You know what you're getting out of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know the Patrick Mahomes, you got to contain him. Tyreek Hill, you got to contain him. And you know between the hashes, Travis Kelsey is going to get his catches. So between those three, you can figure it out. The Steelers, they're too balanced. So the Bucs are now sitting at 7-5. and five. Uh, They have four games left, I believe. I'm doing my math right. I'm looking at their schedule. Vikings, Falcons, Lions, and Falcons again. Do they need to win all four of those? Does it matter? Like, have you seen enough to know that the Bucks are not a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, or are you still buying that even sitting at seven and five, they could potentially still make a run? Because it's pretty clear now that they're not going to win the NFC South, so they'd have to win three out of the wild card round. And that's fine. 
and that's fine for them. You know, you're talking about a team that was assembled uh, with superstars when they were all season. So, you know, we're accustomed to seeing this happen. We've seen a bunch of super teams in football, uh, and it makes it even worse when you don't have a offseason. And I said that before. You know, you, it takes a little time. Look, Brady's been in the system for two decades. When he's done the same thing, practice has been the same way, the playbook's been the same. So now you get into a new system with uh, one of your guys you play with, Gronkowski, but everybody else, no. You got to figure it out. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. And also, if you look back at some of these games, he's getting hit. He's absolutely getting hit. One of those interceptions, I believe, two of those interceptions, he was hit on those plays. Uh, so I can't, comp- you know, completely put it on Brady. Uh, but at the same time, when you and when you and their shoes, look, they probably should have been nowhere close in that game. They won twenty, you know, they they lost twenty-seven to what twenty-four. Yeah. But truthfully, if you look at that game, they probably should have been blown out. The way that the way the Chiefs are moving the ball, especially in the early on in the game, they should have been blown out. So anytime you give Brady a chance, if he gets his foot into the playoffs, then they automatically become also a dangerous team. They might be click, clicking later on during the season, going into that playoff stretch. We're talking to uh, Sean Merriman, a Lights Out podcast. Encourage you to check that out. Other biggest game, Derrick Henry. I want to talk to you about as a defensive guy trying to tackle Derrick Henry. I don't know how much of the game you got to watch between the Titans and the Colts. The Colts have had the Titans number for a while in that division. And then Derrick Henry came out in the first half, and I know the Colts had some defensive injuries, but he just absolutely took over. It was 35-14 at the half. There was never really any uh, suggestion of a game in the second half at all. What does that tell you? Titans get to 8-3, and three, may actually win the divisions. Both teams still have five games to go. And both teams have got some quality wins, but the Titans went on the road against Indy and just took control, coming off of a really physical, tough game against the Ravens. You know, um, one thing about somebody that can run a ball like Derrick Henry in that Titans offense is it's demoralizing for defense. There's there's absolutely nothing worse than a guy just than a team just lining up against you. You know they're running the ball, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't care how great that defense is. Uh, at some point in time, you're going to break down, especially if the offense is not doing something on the offensive side of the ball. They're not moving the ball, or at least worst case, uh, have some kind of possession uh, you know, problem where you could just keep just hold the ball and keep it out of their hands. I mean, that's what you want to do. But it's nothing like you know what they're doing. I mean, you don't even have to be into football right you don't even know have to know the game at this point to know what they're going to line up and do you don't have to see formation sets or down distance you know coming to the game what's their bread and butter and what they can do right and and, and being able to open it up open it up for the passing game and everything else that they're doing i mean Tannehill is a good quarterback but he's not joe montana you know he's not uh, a stellar quarterback but when you run the ball that way he looks like it because they he, the, the pressure's off so, you know, I always say this, the recipe for a championship team is being able to run the ball to play great defense, and they're doing just that. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Now, I know it's Monday, but a lot of people were watching the Cowboys, and we were off like a lot of people were on Thursday and Friday. If you were Jerry Jones, what would you do with the Cowboys at this point? As they now have fallen, you know, completely out of the mix. Right now, I believe they'd be around the third pick overall. Would you already be looking ahead and thinking potentially about trying to make a move to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Or would you be thinking, hey, we'll just sign Dak to a long-term deal? 
What's the solution for the Cowboys? You know, to be honest, I think that that's so far down the road in what they're looking at. At this point, they need to evaluate, right, because they have these, these last what, four or five games left. They need to evaluate who they're going to keep there and who needs to be out of there, right? They, they need to look at the film, look at the, the, the total, the season in, in, as a whole, and go down the lines and list all the big contracts and all the, all the people they paid out, uh, all the people that they were thinking about moving is not performing. Right now, they need to start looking at clearing house. And that needs to be – and I'm talking about head coach included. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying – Even, place, even you know, for year one at Mike McCarthy, you're like, I've seen enough to know that this isn't working. Yeah, because it's, it's not a play-calling issue. It's not a, anything you – know, he has a – the players aren't playing for him. Yeah. They just aren't. You, you know, you can look at the sidelines, look at how they give up long plays, look at the attitudes. I mean, gosh, when Andy Dalton got hit, there was no players around, and no one helped him up. No one came to his defense. Yep. So that says a lot. I know Mike McCarthy came out and tried to uh, water that down a little bit, but that doesn't happen on good football teams. And right now they're just not, they're not responding to his coaching style. So, you know, you, you start from the top down. Is it coaches that we need to move on? And then you start working down to the playoffs, players. Maybe some guys in the front office. Who knows? We're talking to Sean Merriman. Have you ever seen – I'm sure the answer is no because I don't think anybody's ever seen anything like it. What the Broncos had to do at the quarterback position yesterday. And do you think that it's going to send a message to other NFL teams as it pertains to how important this distancing is – because, I mean, effectively, the Broncos had zero chance to win this game as soon as they had a positive test. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and because this is all new to them, it's new to everybody, uh, you need somebody to be that guinea pig before you say, okay, all right, we need to plan for this because if this happens to us, this we can't let it go down like this, right? So going forward, uh, I think that everyone needs to look and, and start getting guys ready as that third-string quarterback or maybe a wide receiver who really, really played quarterback in college, getting him playing some scout team quarterback in uh, in practice. I mean, you start to, the, the the great teams will start preparing for the worst, and I believe that was the worst situation that any NFL team could ever be put in. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, they ended up with 112 total yards, but they had 12 yards passing. One for nine, two picks. I mean, it was hard to watch. Effectively, the Saints got a guaranteed win in that scenario and uh, were able to continue to, uh, to, to to dominate as they go forward. Team that a lot of people are talking about. The Browns are now eight and three. Are they for real as a team that can get into the postseason first? And if they get there, can they win a game? Have you seen enough to make you believe that the eight and three Browns are for real. Yes. And and I go back to the same thing I said about Tennessee. The recipe for winning football games and, and putting yourself in a position to win a championship is being able to run the ball, being able to run the ball and being able to play in great defense. Um, you know, we had we've seen some plays that I believe it was you know Baker had a wide open uh slant right in the end tone and missed it. So he I mean I, He's playing good. He's not playing anywhere close to being great. But when you're running the ball the way they're running the ball and playing the defense that they're playing, you're going to win a lot of football games, and that takes the pressure off of everyone else. So, yes, if you're talking about that division, if you're talking about 
uh, them putting getting their foot in the door and being a problem. Now, the, the, the bigger issue is they're going to face some teams here coming up if they get in the playoffs and, and do their thing. They're going to face some guys that they might have a first-round exit. It's just, a, it's just a fact of the matter. But I, I got to give them credit. They, they picked it up. Uh, you know, they lost Odell, uh, you know, some weeks, several weeks ago, and they found a way to get, uh, to get Juice Landry, man, the ball. And that, I think that was, that was really a key for them. Juice Landry, man, is playing incredible. We're talking to Sean Merriman. He's the Lights Out Podcast, iHeart Podcast Network. Your Chargers, team you played with for so many years, continue to lose in so many different interesting ways. They uh, they had a lot of success moving the football against the Bills, came up short again. They had that crazy play where it looked like they were trying to uh, – the quarterback was sneaking in. The, uh, uh, did you see that play? The offensive line was dropping back to pass uh, pass block. Uh, I, I think it was. What's going to happen there? Do you think Anthony Lynn keeps his job? Obviously, there's lots of reason for optimism with Justin Herbert, but what exactly is going on with the Chargers, and are you buying the Bills as a Super Bowl contender in any way out of the AFC? Well, you know, first and foremost, um, there's there's so many bright spots with the Chargers that, you know, it's almost sickening when you look at the, the record that they have and the season that yep. they're having losing, what, three or four games within six points, uh, that really makes you sick. As a coach, as a as an owner, as a general manager, that has to make you sick because those three or four games, if you can pull those out, you're looking at a completely different season. Now, the bright spots you have, you got obviously Justin Herbert. And he's not he's playing at a pace where we, we haven't seen as a rookie probably ever. But, you, you know, Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, these guys are just playing – incredible and you got to get in the ball the problem is and not everybody but you have some spots in that defense that's just not getting it done joey bolsa came out was vocal uh, a few about a week or two ago about guys needing to step it up and i'm glad that he did that you know because he's not a guy that's very vocal so when you have guys who are not vocal who really don't talk much in the locker room and they say something everybody listens and the way Joey Bosa was going out there playing and getting after Josh Allen, I mean, he was in his face all day long. You know, they need to get other guys in that defense to step up and play the way he's playing right now. So, they, uh, to, as far as Anthony Lynn, you got a couple more games, I believe, that to go out and prove what you can do for the rest of the season. I, and I, I don't call for anybody to get fired, not just the Chargers, but anybody in the NFL. I don't, I don't like to say – this guy should get fired, that guy should get fired, but it's such a performance business. And you look at that team that they have, there's no way in hell you shouldn't be winning more football games, period. Last question for you. We're talking to Sean Merriman. Uh, appreciate him joining us here, breaking down everything in the world of uh, the NFL. Obviously, there are a lot of different co- sort of major issues going on with the NFL right now. Tuesday, we have a game between the Ravens and the Steelers. Can you imagine what it would be like to be playing in this type of season? And how much more challenging would it be than almost any year when we know it's hard to play in the NFL? But can you imagine not knowing what day you're playing, what guys are playing? I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? No. No, and I don't think we're going to see anything like this again. Uh, This is something that came up that – uh, we, not just NFL, we as a country trying to figure this damn thing out. Yep. We're just trying to figure out life, right? And that doesn't change anything when you're talking about the NFL. 
Um, I applaud them for even getting up and getting the season going in the first place. It's you know, pretty amazing, saying, honestly. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are giving them grief, and I see some of the players like, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" Well, guess what? You know, there's millions of people out here that's not working. Millions yep. of people trying to figure this whole thing out. They found a way to get it going and get you know move forward. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't know what this is going to look like six months from now. It could be the same way. We have no idea. So for them to do what they're doing, I applaud them. And the players have to understand, and people have to understand in general, uh, that they're trying to figure this thing out for the first time, too. You think the NFL likes having the Broncos with no starting quarterback? I mean, that doesn't make them more money. <laughs> you, know, that's, you know, that's bad football. That turns away fans. That has people griping about what's going on. So, you know, they're trying to figure it out as everyone else is trying to figure out. So I applaud them to try to, uh, to keep this thing going and not shutting down and just figuring it out along the way. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, most of American life and certainly American business is about finding out a way how to do something. And the NFL has been imperfect, like all things created by men are. But to be able to get as many games as they have, even amid these challenges, and oftentimes even with fans present, I think it's a hell of a story. Uh, Sean Merriman, appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for coming with us, and uh, I'm glad to hear you had a good Thanksgiving, my man. You got it. Same here. Thanks for having me.